I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast series about raising the voice of workplace champions. 60 plus questions in around 30 to 40 minutes with women, women of color, non-binary and transgender influencers about their journey into STEM, science, technology, engineering and mathematics. I started the Queens of Tech podcast initiative in May 2022 because I would like to retain more women, women of color, non-binary and transgenders in the tech industry. Talent is out there, but our work environment needs to improve for all to feel safer, stay authentic and to be valued for our contributions. My vision is to raise the workplace ecosystem for all in tech by killing the imposter syndrome, stopping bad behavior, and increasing equity opportunities. Each podcast talk is built around 60 plus questions regarding upbringing, education, career path, DIB, and future advice. My mission is to bridge a gap between schools and workplaces by getting into the heart of my guest's personal life and career journey to inspire other girls, women, women of color, non-binary, and transgenders to unleash the full potential to reach top leadership roles in the tech industry. My goal is to raise the voices of tech champions around the world and together with companies, investors, and politicians, raise the challenges and opportunities around equity, inclusive, diversity, and belonging in our workplaces. Enough is enough. I would like to enforce companies to build a sustainable, inclusive culture to retain diverse talent so we keep the workforce power equity to continue building future diverse and inclusive products. Representation matters. Your voice matters. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, Tech Queen Jennifer Vessels, CEO of Next Step and Silicon Valley Innovator. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, good to be here. I'm very happy to have you joining us from Norway today. How are you? Good, thanks. Glad to hear. Now, let us dive into your journey into STEM. Hope you're ready for the Queens of Tech 60 plus question. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three hashtags? Determined, passionate, and optimistic. How would you describe your life in three sentences? Resilience, building community, and learn by doing. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? Energetic, whether that's rock music, classical music, something positive. What is your personal motto? Keep going. What is your hidden talent? Building community and connecting people. If you were going to write a book about your life, what would the title be? Resilience and probably persistence pays off. Great start, Jennifer. Now, let us think deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our early experiences shape our belief about ourselves, others, and the world. Now, I want to discover your childhood. Where did you grow up? In America, Central America. What was your dream job as a child? Anything that would help me to make a difference in society and work with people. What was your favorite subject in school? 
around the humanities, social studies, English, those types of courses. What was your least favorite subject? Probably the scientific, calculus, detailed, tech, technical, if you will, in that respect. What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? Was in college, really. The basics of um, technology and internet connectivity. Great. Now, I'm going to read two quotes. First one, how does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said, I quote, the best way to predict your future is to create it. So Jennifer, I want to know the choices behind your career path. Where and what did you study at university? Was business in order to, again, make a difference in society through working with people and growing something new and better. What professional roles have you had before that led you to start your own company? I ran global uh, business for technology companies. So I was building uh, sales channels, go-to-market partnerships for tech companies in Silicon Valley and then Silicon Valley to Europe and then Europe to uh, Silicon Valley when I first lived in Norway working for Tonberg. What does Next Step do? We help organizations grow and change. Expansion, go-to-market, business model transformation, a lot today around transformation to embrace technology, build new revenue streams and business models. I love the quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So Jennifer, what do you love about your role? Making a difference, connecting people, driving change, seeing the results for people and organizations. What is the best experience you've had in your role so far? Any examples? One that really was a turning point in many ways as the foundation for a lot of what we do today was the opportunity that I had in leading Next Step and our team of 40 consultants as we drove the transformation for Adobe. Going from product, i.e. software, to as a service. I mean, so many lessons learned by everyone as we really shifted the industry from software enterprise to SaaS. And fabulous experience. And about a lot of lessons learned, what is the biggest challenge encountered so far and how did you tackle it? There's challenges every day. And I think the biggest challenge for most CEOs like myself is keeping focus. Keep the eye on what is most important and the purpose and begin to prioritize based on that. So easy to get sucked into other things if you're not on track. What do you love about working in the tech industry? Constant change. Every day is a new experience. Just what we've seen in the last six days with OpenAI and Microsoft is um, absolutely uh, fascinating and exhilarating to see the possibilities of where things can go. Oprah Winfrey said, I quote, think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is not a stepping stone to greatness. So Jennifer, what have by far been your biggest achievement in your career? Having an impact. That's the theme throughout. I mean, just the amount of people, whether it's consultants within Next Step over the last 15 years, we'll probably have the pleasure of having under 150 consultants with different uh, passions that we've made a difference for. Interns, we've had many, many uh, interns come in and work with us that are now embarking off in their careers, as well as the impact we've had on our clients. We could not be where we are today without you. 
what the biggest factor has helped you become successful and in success habits? Never give up. Just always uh, keep the focus on where you're going, prioritize and believe that things will evolve to the right direction with hard work and people working together. And about hard work, how do you measure your own performance at work? The results that I have on other people. With success comes failure. What is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? I mean, I don't really consider anything a major career failure because every mistake and everything that doesn't work out, whether it's a client disagreement or a consultant uh, issue, it's a learning and it's an opportunity to take a reflection and understand what didn't work in that case and how to address it. What is inspiring and motivating you the most in your role and career right now? I think it's the opportunities that we have going into this whole new paradigm. I find it extremely exciting to see the growth of technology with the investments that are going into AI, the work that's happening in virtual reality and how all of this is coming together. And in Silicon Valley, we're already seeing day-to-day -day use of things like quantum that will really accelerate exponentially the power of technology and what that could mean for companies, for people, for society. It's a whole new paradigm completely that we're going into. Very exciting. Let us now jump into influence of mentors, role models, champions, and spouses. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our life. In addition, champions can stand up and advocate for us and open up the world of possibilities. Sponsors match emerging talent with leaders and influential employees who can help us move ahead in our careers. History shows that it has been more common for men having mentors, champions, and sponsors in business than women. So Jennifer, how important do you think it is to have a mentor, champion, or sponsor during one's career? I think there's a huge role for mentoring, coaching, and that evolves over time. I mean, personally, I've never had one particular role model or mentor throughout a segment of my career, but I try to always be open to feedback from clients, feedback from colleagues, from others in the marketplace, from peers. So being open to others' perspectives and being coachable is extremely important. Let us move on to leadership. Adina Friedman, president and CEO of Nasdaq, said, I quote, Empowering those around you to be heard and valued makes a difference between a leader who simply instructs and one who inspires. And Shirley Samberg, ex-COO of Facebook, said, I quote, Leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. So Jennifer, what does leadership mean to you? It's inspiring. It's setting a direction and building trust so that people within the organization or within your team or within your community, whatever you're leading, so that people have an objective. They see where things are going and why and understand the impact on themselves of really going towards that North Star, if you will. But at the same time, they are comfortable that they can explore things fail, learn, repivot, relearn, and get there on their own feet. Leadership to me is empowering for people to learn by doing. 
management on the other side tends to be more compressive where it's looking at and telling people what to do and how to do it. And in today's world, we need a lot more leaders and a lot less managers because there's no way any one person can know how to do the various tasks that need to be done because everything is changing by the hour. What do you consider a good versus a bad leader? A good leader sets the direction. They are clear on prioritization and they build trust. A bad leader? Would be the opposite of lack of priorities and lack of consistency, lack of listening to people in the organization. Who is your favorite female non-binary or transgender tech leader and why? I mean, I wouldn't say I have one particular favorite leader. I think there's a lot that inspires me about Shantanu Noran, the CEO of, of Adobe, having worked with him over the, the past years and seeing the changes. Satya within Microsoft, I think there's a lot uh, that we can learn from him as well. Yeah, it depends on the situation as to which leader I would say we can be inspired by, depending on what you're trying to do. How would you describe yourself as a leader? Community-oriented, I think clear on priorities and bringing people within a collective community, as you will, together in order to solve problems. What leadership lessons have you learned that formed you into the leader you are today? I think it's to really let people be who they are, appreciate the different skills, the different perspectives, the different objectives of each person in the organization, and give them the opportunities to really flourish as people. I believe strongly in people's motivated skills. If you provide the opportunity for people to use what's most motivating and is their closest skill set, they will do magic. What are your three strengths and three weaknesses? My strengths are probably passion and persistence, as well as people skills of bringing people together and connecting people to success and to each other along the way. A weakness, I mean, oftentimes I believe that your strength can become your weakness. So I can sometimes be too focused on what I see as the important goal and really the goal was actually over on the other side. So sometimes that can work the other way. Let us now jump into the hottest topic in business today, workplace culture, unlocking the power, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Jennifer, what does diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging mean to you personally? It ultimately means being open to and encouraging people with different perspectives. Maybe that's from different genders, different age groups, different ethnic backgrounds, different religious beliefs, encouraging people to come together and always looking for more diversity because Let's face it, that's where innovation comes from. That's the reason innovation hubs like Silicon Valley flourish is because of the diversity that we have. As a leader, to always seek out the other perspective, looking at the team to ensure that there is a voice from the Gen Z area, make sure there's voices from the Arab area, make sure there's voices from different perspectives. Because that's the marketplace that we're working in, as well as those different views will drive innovation. 
what do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were to join a company? Well, we look at clients and prospective clients from that lens of which companies do I and our team want to really work with where we can have the greatest impact. And that's number one, they must be open, open to change, open to embracing technology, open to doing things in a new way. If an organization is not committed to doing the work to move forward into this new world, they're not very interesting for our team to work with and it will not be successful. So, I mean, that's first and foremost. And part of that openness is a culture where there is trust, there is the ability to try things and potentially fail, and there is openness and a genuine desire to embrace the diversity of different perspectives. As a woman, what has been the most significant barrier in your career and how have you overcome these challenges? The most significant barrier? I don't really see that there's been a barrier. I mean, other than there's only so much time in a day. What do you think is important for more women, women of color, non-binary and transgender to join the tech industry today? Back to diversity. I mean, the tech industry or any other industry to really drive innovation and build technology, sell technology, integrate technology in a way that's going to address the market needs. The people that are behind that need to represent that market. And I mean, let's face it, women are the primary buyers in most markets. So yeah, an organization that really wants to build and serve its marketplace needs to be comprised of the people that will be uh, the ultimate customers. But however, what would you say are the few challenges of implementing a DIB culture in a workplace today? The biggest challenge is just number one kind of mindset that, and it varies by culture. I mean, in some cultures, there is a reluctance to bring people in that are different than existing leadership team because people may feel threatened. They may feel uncomfortable. It may be out of the comfort zone to work with people that look, act, and think differently. So there can be fear. It's easier and better to have everybody that went to school together, that wears the same suit, that looks the same, sitting around the table. Why now do you think companies would benefit from having not just women, women of color, non-binary and transgender leaders, but actually higher gender representation at C-suite level and boardrooms with actual mandates? Well, it comes back to having more diversity increases innovation because people look at things differently. And for a board to be able to really set direction, that board needs to look at all of the different parameters and all of the different alternatives and all of the different challenges that the organization can face over the course of months or years. Within the board, if everybody looks through the same kind of lens because they're the same gender, they're the same ethnic background, they're the same age group, they're missing something. It's a tunnel vision. Whereas if you bring people in that are from different genders, different backgrounds, different age groups, you're getting much more of a multidimensional lens on the question. So I think especially in a world that is changing rapidly, you need as many lenses and views as possible 
to not have some of those views represented, you're missing something, as well as you're missing a big portion of the market. Any organization that is building product that will be used in society has to recognize at least approximately half of their marketplace is, let's call it non-male. And so how can you build something that ultimately will serve your customers if you don't have any representation of those customers in the C-level or the board? Looking forward, what will you do as a leader to improve the bias for the next generation of women, women of color, non-binary and transgenders? I have always encouraged within our team at Next Step that we we maintain that the same level of diversity as what we recommend for our clients. So always seeking out the people that we can bring in that are either of color or of younger generations or of different uh, genders. Let us move on to another hot topic in business today, which is work-life balance and mental health. Jennifer, you have without a doubt a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain good mental health? I very much uh, believe in the power of exercise and nature. I love getting out and having long walks in nature and hikes, as well as regular uh, exercise program at the gym. Have you ever experienced burnout? Not from a heavy burnout situation. For me, my work is integrated with my life. So it's a question of really balancing and prioritizing. And I, like everyone, find periods when everything comes together and it's kind of a massive, perfect storm of activity, after which it is important to take time and take time away and have those walks in the forest or take a weekend and go to the beach and relax. I mean, we need time to rejuvenate. Then what is your best advice on how companies can create a more mentally healthy workplace in a new now? I think it's important to recognize that people are fragile creatures. You can't expect and push constantly for the 14, 16-hour workdays, which are our typical Silicon Valley style. You can't push for that on a regular basis without expecting people to simply fall over. So recognize that people are fragile. They need time and they need space to be able to literally go away and have that rejuvenation, whether it's for or a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever it takes to build that. Some companies have great sabbatical programs, which I find is absolutely a win for everybody. People have the six or eight weeks to completely detox, refresh, and then come back into the workplace even more rejuvenated. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? Having an impact. I love my work and I love the results that we achieve through it. And I look forward to continuing to have more and more impact over the next years. Now, let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and a piece of advice for our listeners. Jennifer, what is the best piece of advice you've been given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career? Two pieces that uh, go back to one of my first uh, roles in Silicon Valley. Persistence pays off. And the second is keep perspective. When things go wrong, when issues occur, just keep perspective. It's not the end of the world. This didn't work out. There will be other opportunities. Just move forward and keep persisting towards that ultimate goal. 
And then what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle it? I don't know that I've never thought about having bad advice. Is there something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in the tech industry? Again, I don't really see that there was anything missing, but as I have had 20 some odd years of my career, I think the thing that I value so much now is the perspective. And when you first start out, you don't have that perspective. It's hard to have context. So it's easy to believe when something negative occurs that it's the end of the world. As you have more experience, you recognize, oh, well, this is just another problem like the one we had before. If you had the ability to go back in time to where you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? Keep perspective. And what advice would you give to young girls, women, women of color, non-binary and transgenders who want and trying to break into STEM fields today, especially wanting to become next generation leaders? Just do it. And the world that we're living in right now, there's no specific rule books. We learn by doing. So explore different options. Find the one that fits most closely to what you believe today or your motivated skills that gives you passion and put your energy into it. And the next opportunity will come as a result. That's really how my career evolved. It wasn't a strategic plan of step-by-step. It was start out selling technology, move into partnerships and helping partners sell technology, expand into new countries with technology, and see where it goes. Then last but not least, what is next for you in your role in career in tech? What are your career aspirations? So I'm doing more and more today of professional speaking. So going to conferences, working with large organizations, with leadership teams that need to understand how to change, how to embrace technology, where and how to best leverage things like AI. So it's very, very rewarding to me to be able to package my 20 some odd years experience, the lessons that we've learned, the real world work that I'm doing today with leading corporations and inspire and empower others to be able to connect to future success and embrace the wonderful world of change that we're in. I'm so excited to follow your journey. Thank you, Jennifer, so much for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast, sharing your journey with, without a doubt, inspire change and reshape company culture for the next generation of women, women of color, non-binary and transgender leaders in tech. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have worked in the tech industry a minimum of three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to i at jasminemoradi.com. For more podcast episodes and to learn more about the Queens of Tech initiative and to support us, visit queensof.tech.